It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by... I can help you get healthy without aches and pains, without all the back pain. Text the word WORKOUT to 408-883-4442 and get started for free. Hello and welcome to the Health in the Real World podcast. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm joined today by Amy Natalie. And Amy is a women's empowerment coach and embodiment guide. And we're going to talk today about uh, energy and about maybe a little bit about fitness and nutrition and listening to your body and kind of see what direction we go with this. But Amy, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Mm, so happy to be here with you and excited to see where this conversation takes us. <laughs> yeah. Like I was saying a minute ago, I never know exactly where it's going to go, which is kind of cool. It keeps us on our feet, on our toes, mm-hmm. on our feet, whatever the expression is. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we have kind of a general framework, right? So um, in, embellish that introduction a little bit uh, that, I, that I just said a minute ago. Um, how did you get into this? You know, what kind of uh, things do you do? What kind of things do you help women with? And, and mainly, how, do you, how did you get into this? That's what I'm really fascinated by in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my journey really started with experiencing health symptoms. I had a lot of Um, chronic health issues at a pretty young age. I was in college and experiencing a lot of digestive issues and hormone imbalances. And that led me to really getting curious about, you know, what are some ways that I can help myself feel good? Because whenever I would go to the doctor, it was like, take this. It was never like, oh, what's the root cause or what's causing that? And so I got curious and I think I've always been really interested in, in personal growth and learning and discovering things about myself and went down the path of seeing a nutritionist um, and then eventually becoming a nutritionist myself because I had a really deep desire to help others with something that really served me in my life. So I became a nutritionist and a holistic health coach and Prior to that, I I went to school and was a studied business entrepreneurship. So I entrepreneurship runs in my family and I really wanted to do something where I could serve people, do something that I loved and also create, you know, a lifestyle that really supported my health and wellness as well. So went down that path. And as I was working with a lot of women on their, their health, goals, whether that be weight loss or working on autoimmune conditions, um, whatever it is that they were coming to me to, what I started to see was some pretty distinct patterns. And I realized that even when they had the structure and the strategy, if we weren't looking at the behavioral and the psychology behind habit changes, then like not a lot would change. They might get results for a little while, but then result back to their same old self, same old patterns, feeling frustrated. And that's when I really got interested in, okay, what is the emotional root of why people go to food? What, what are the stressors in their lives? What else is happening in their relationships that is driving these behaviors that they don't really love? 
And so that's when I became an eating psychology coach. And through that training, along with my own personal growth journey, I discovered about spirituality and discovered more about the emotional and the energetic side of being a human. And I started to meditate on a regular basis at the time. Not only was I struggling with physical health symptoms, but I was also struggling with my mental health. Uh, for years, I struggled with depression for over 10 years and um, also with anxiety, with panic attacks. Um, I, I was diagnosed with ADHD, which I don't really think that I had at the time, but there was a lot of inner turmoil happening in my inner world that really led me to learning about how do I be healthy? How can I be happy? And how can I live my best life? And I think underneath all of that, there was always this deeper knowing that I wasn't meant to struggle, that I wasn't meant to feel bad all the time, that I wasn't supposed to have this negative self-talk and negative body image, that I wasn't supposed to be unhappy. And there was like a deeper part of me that, that knew that there was something greater. And so in that discovery, really learned about mindset and became a confidence coach, mindset coach for women. And when I incorporated spirituality and mindset coaching into my health coaching and my nutrition, my clients, not only did they get better health results, but all areas of their life started to change. And that's really what lights me up is this idea that we can transform our life by doing the inner work. Our external reality always reflects what's going on inside of us. Right, right, absolutely. I want to go back to something you said a minute ago about you started to notice patterns, right? You're working with individual clients and you started to notice patterns. I think that's a pretty powerful place to be because, you know, we're on this podcast and we're talking to however many people listen. We're, we're not just sitting down with a one to one with somebody. So going back to those patterns, what are, what are some of those things that you noticed that were sort of holding women back and how did you address those so that people listening can sort of get an idea of what they can do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the first ones that comes to mind is black or white thinking. And this idea that we have to be either perfect and on track all of the time, it's kind of like perfectionism as well, where it's like, either I'm going to eat all the perfect foods and do all the perfect workouts and, you know, perform at a 10 out of 10 at everything I do in every category, or I'm down this slippery slope where nothing's going well and I can't stick to any health habits or I I'm just in the dumps. And so I think it's very easy to set these high standards. And especially when we come from a diet culture where, you know, it, it's, these foods are good, these foods are bad. And if you eat these foods, then you, you messed up the diet, right? So I think that we can have perfectionist tendencies as women and as men, but I think that this idea and being really hard on yourself comes with that. Mm. And what I know to be true about human behavior and about psychology is that we can't effectively make changes from a place of shame. So you can't shame yourself into weight loss. You can't shame yourself into loving yourself. You can't shame yourself into being a better person. Wow. And what does work, even though it's kind of a paradox and it feels contradictory is self-compassion and self-acceptance. 
So that alone right there is like a huge turning point for a lot of people. And, and what we're really looking at is changing your relationship with your self-talk and your, and, and how, how you are in relationship with yourself, because when you love yourself and when you are more compassionate with yourself, you're going to make better choices. It's a natural extension of that. Right. Right. That's amazing. So, okay. So black and white thinking the sort of how to start overcoming that is loving yourself, having compassion for yourself, knowing you don't have to be perfect. It's like, that makes sense though. You either have to be a hundred percent or you're nothing loser, right? It's, it's not about that. It's loving yourself where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, any, anything else that tends to come up consistently, like a lot of, a lot of clients tend to have the same sort of mindset. Yeah. I believe in our culture that we have a, a deeply rooted limiting belief that, that most people feel about themselves that I see in, in many clients, which is around a lack of self-worth, of not feeling good enough or not feeling worthy. And when we don't feel good enough, when we don't feel worthy, we're not going to make choices or put ourselves first or prioritize ourselves. We're going to put other people first. Right. And so this worthiness conversation of of not feeling good enough, and it's very easy in this day and age where we have social media and, you know, you kind of look at other people's lives and you think that they're better than you. And there's all this comparison that's happening. Um, But a lot of unworthiness is is rooted from our childhood. And um, it really is to start to shift the unworthiness conversation I honestly feel like it's a choice. It's a choice to know and recognize that you don't need to achieve anything. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to be anyone significant in order to be enough. Like simply the fact that you are here on earth at this time means that you're meant to be here, means that you have something to offer. And there there's no nothing external that can prove your improve your worthiness. And one of my favorite practices for increasing self-worth is a practice of self-acknowledgement or self-celebration. So what that could look like is each and every day saying you can have a list and I, I recommend to write it down so that this list gets longer and longer. And essentially what you're doing is you're celebrating or acknowledging something that you did that day or a quality that you like about yourself and taking that time to acknowledge that you are really amazing or that you are proud of yourself for something that you did or the way that you show up for your friends, for your family. Um, it doesn't always have to be this big goal, but we're all, a lot of us are so focused on that. We didn't do enough or that we're not, we're, we're not where we want to be. And if we can even just take a moment every day and start to recognize what am I doing well? What is special about me? We can start to rebuild that internal self-worth. I think that's really powerful. And that's something that was hard for me because I thought, I think like most people do, that if if you stop thinking about the future or what you need to accomplish or, or how you miss the mark, then you're not going to have that drive or motivation to push forward, right? Like, oh, you'll get complacent. Oh, I love myself. I'm just going to go sit in a park and do nothing. And you're going to lose all your ambition. And I agree with you. That's not what actually happens because 
I think there's an underlying and like, like an intrinsic uh, drive in everybody. And it's to, and we're all going different directions with it, but there is that drive that if you, if you do come from a place of self-love, you're, you're not just going to sit on the couch and do nothing all day. People who do that maybe need to have conversations with people like you about self-love because, you know, that lack of motivation, there's something going on there, right? Would you, would you agree with that? Like something's under the surface, right? If you have lost your intrinsic desire to do something and I look at children, right? Like kids are happy all the time and they're always doing something. Oh, look at this. And they're always curious, right? And they're always pursuing something else, but not from a space of, I need to do more and I'm lacking in this and that, right? It's more of like a, oh, that looks cool. Let's go do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the term that I use to describe that, like when someone is feeling that, that lack of inspiration or that lack of energy or that lack of drive, the word that I use for that is being out of alignment. And I know the word alignment can sometimes be thrown around in the spiritual world and it can just be a word, but like, what does that actually mean to be living in alignment And that really is a discovery journey on its own of really connecting with who are you? What do you, what makes you happy? What are your values? What is your soul here for? And I think so much of us, and this is, this was definitely a big part of my journey that I didn't share in the story in the beginning, because it was like a really brief part, but it's like, oftentimes we're following the pathway of success of what we think other people want for us or what we think will make us happy based off of this model, right? So it's like, go to a good school, get a good job, um, buy a house, be, get married, save for retirement, all, all the traditional checkboxes, right? Um, have 2.5 kids, right? All the things. And I was on that path. I was, I got married when I was 25 years old um, and to a very nice guy. And I was really following what I thought was, was what would make me happy. And I was in a place where everything externally looked perfect and I had the dream life, but inside I was unhappy. And that's really was a turning point for me of really looking at what are the elements of my life that I'm doing because I think I should do them or because I'm trying to live up to this standard or look a certain way or please other people versus what actually lights me up? What actually brings me joy? What do I want to create in my life? What does my vision look like? And, and when we're living out of alignment with our truth, meaning who we really are, and when we're, we're doing things on a daily basis, whether that's the job that you don't like, or if you're in a relationship that you're just holding on to because it's comfortable and safe, but it actually isn't the right fit for you. Or maybe you have a certain friends group that you surround yourself by that are not really inspiring or supportive. Like there's so many different areas that you could be living out of alignment um, and, and really looking at each of those areas, because when you are living in alignment, even if it's just like, it doesn't have to be all of the time, but most of the time you're going to feel good. Our natural state of being is actually to feel good, believe it or not. <laughs> it takes work. It takes a lot of work to feel good because we live in a very, um, you know, busy, uh, fear-based, like the culture that we live in is not our natural, natural way of living. Right. Um, but I think just starting to do that inner work and, and figuring out like, 
okay, if I'm unhappy or if I'm feeling anxious all the time, that's actually my emotions and my, my soul is speaking to me right now. It's telling me that there's something off. If you're also, if you're numbing out with food or alcohol or staying busy all the time, that's usually a reflection that you're not looking at something. Maybe it's a past trauma. Maybe it's emotions that you don't want to look at. Maybe you're afraid of making a decision. Like there's so many ways that we can distract ourselves um, from really looking at what's underneath. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. Um, our natural state of being is actually to feel good. And what popped into my head was a distinction between the word natural and default, right? Like default in our culture is not natural. Default in our culture is like you said, overly stressed, um, trying to, you know, please everybody trying to make your Instagram life look as great as possible. You know, nobody posts on Instagram when they're sad and down in the dumps, right? Like a selfie, you know, sad selfie. Nobody does that. Right. So we get this sort of like filtered view of what life should be. And again, it's, it's, um, it's def it's the default, right? If you don't consciously do what you've done, it, it is most likely what's going to happen because that's our environment. Um, and it is not natural, but I like that knowing, I think somebody listening to this, knowing that that's the case, that our natural state is to actually feel good sort of gives you that idea like, okay, well, if I'm not feeling good now, at least I have some, some bar to reach toward. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're sort of giving that hope, like you, you just want to start um, living your natural life. So what are some recommendations that you tell people, um, you know, again, kind of going toward the, uh, you were saying, you know, patterns that you see in people that mm -hmm. we're all very similar in how we respond um, in the big picture. Mm -hmm. So what would you recommend to people as far as like incorporating more of like a natural lifestyle into their, their lives right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first place that I start with a lot of my clients, well, with all of my clients is really this piece around alignment. And we do this and connect to that natural state of alignment through daily practices or daily rituals. And I, I believe that having some sort of morning practice it doesn't have to look the exact same as other people's morning practice, but creating time for yourself in the morning to plug into that feel good, to plug into your authentic self before you plug into your email or social media or what's going on in your family. Like that time in the morning is really sacred. That time in the morning is essential. And for me, one of the biggest practices has been meditation. Um, I also will rotate things in the morning rituals. Um, one of my favorite practices for beginners is a simple gratitude list. It might seem like really basic. And when I first started, I was like, I don't even know what I can be grateful for. Like, I don't know what to write on this list. This is, you know, kind of out there or like, I don't really want to do this, but there are tons of studies around the, the effectiveness of writing down what you're grateful for and not only writing it down, but giving yourself a moment to feel the gratitude in your body. Gratitude is a very high frequency state and it it's a way to connect you with the positive. It's the way to connect you with what you do have 
versus again, focusing on the lack and what you don't have. So something as simple as like, I'm grateful for my eyesight that I get to see beautiful colors. I'm grateful for this warm and cozy bed. I'm grateful for, um, the, the connections that I have with the people that I love in my life. I'm grateful for music and how it makes me feel. And even as much detail that you can go into, I know a lot of people will start with, I'm grateful for my family and my home, and you can do those. That's great. And I invite you to go deeper into something that you can actually like feel, and it will shift your vibration the more that you practice that. So meditation, you can do a guided meditation. My favorite app is called insight timer. There's many different apps that you can try. Um, starting with two to five minutes in the morning, you don't need to do 20 minutes, like two to five minutes, start there and build your way up the gratitude practice. And then I really feel like getting movement in getting your body movement, moving. So whether that is going for a walk or, um, I teach embodiment, which is a movement practice. It's a somatic healing practice where you put on music and you let your body dance and move and breathe. Um, you can, you know, get, get some exercise in. I know that Chris has some great workouts that you can try, like getting your body moving. It helps to get the endorphins going, but it also helps to move stagnant energy in your body. So those are my, my recommendations, um, to, to really start with, uh, as far as having like an alignment or a morning practice. And then one other part is you could listen to, you could read an inspiring book or listen to an inspiring podcast, anything that you can do to tap into a higher frequency or a higher state of thinking and feeling. Awesome. Agreed. That's a good segue to my last question. The inspiring podcast. I'm going to give you the chance to give your inspirational speech, either let's say like at a university graduation or like a corporate event and your talk is called how I think you can get the most out of your life. Very general. You can go whatever direction you want to go with it. What's your inspirational message? <laughs> oh, this is a big question. <laughs> um, I feel that you can get the most out of your life by discovering who you are as your authentic self and living that being that person and showing up as that person, because when you are your authentic self, not only does it feel really good for you, but it also allows you to contribute what your love and your gifts and what you have to contribute to the world. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amy. How do people get in touch with you to, to work with you or if they have any questions? Yeah. Um, one great place you can find me is through my podcast, the feminine frequency podcast. Uh, another great way you can find me is on Instagram. My handle is Amy Natalie co. And I absolutely love hearing from you. So send me a direct message. If there was something today in this conversation that really resonated, I would love to connect with you and love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Amy. Again, this is Amy, Natalie. I'm Chris Janke, Health in the Real World Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for listening to the Health in the Real World show. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below. Visit mycorebalance.com to learn more.